Harper Audio presents The Lace Reader by Brunonia Berry, performed by Elisa Bresnahan. Copyright 2006 by Brunonia Berry. Production copyright 2008 by HarperCollins Publishers. Part 1. The lace reader must stare at the piece of lace until the pattern blurs and the face of the seeker disappears completely behind the veil. When the eyes begin to fill with tears and the patience is long exhausted, there will appear a glimpse of something not quite seen. In this moment, an image will begin to form in the space between what is real and what is only imagined. The Lace Reader's Guide. Chapter One. My name is Towner Whitney. No, that's not exactly true. My real first name is Sophia. Never believe me. I lie all the time. I am a crazy woman. That last part is true. My little brother Beezer, who is kinder than I, says the craziness is genetic. We're from five generations of crazy, he says as if it were a badge he's proud to wear, though he admits that I may have taken it to a new level. Until I came along, the Whitney family was what the city of Salem fondly refers to as quirky. If you were old Salem money, even if that money was long gone, you were never referred to as crazy. You might be deemed unusual or even oddball, but the hands-down favorite word for such a condition was quirky. Throughout the generations, the Whitney men have all become famous for their quirks, from the captains of sea and industry, all the way down to my little brother, Beezer, who is well known within scientific circles for his articles on particle physics and string theory. Our great-great-grandfather, for example, parlayed a crippling preoccupation with ladies' feet into a brilliant career as a captain of industry in Lynn's thriving shoe business, creating a company that was passed down through the generations all the way to my grandfather, G.G. Whitney. Our great-great-great-grandfather, who was a legitimate captain in his own right, had a penchant for sniffing cinnamon that many considered obsessive. Eventually, he built a fleet of spice-trading ships that traveled the globe and made Salem one of the richest ports in the New World. Still, anyone would admit that it is the women of the Whitney family who have taken quirky to a new level of achievement. My mother, May, for example, is a walking contradiction in terms. A dedicated recluse who, with the exception of her arrests, hasn't left her home on Yellow Dog Island for the better part of twenty years. May has nevertheless managed to revive a long-defunct lace-making industry and to make herself famous in the process. She has gained considerable notoriety for rescuing abused women and children and turning their lives around, giving the women a place in her lace-making business and home-educating their children. All this from a raging agrophobic who gave one of her own children to her barren half-sister Emma in a fit of generosity because, as she said at the time, there was a need, and besides, she had been blessed with a matching set. And my great-aunt Eva, 
who is more mother to me than May ever has been, is equally strange. Running her own business well into her 80s, Eva is renowned as both Boston Brahmin and Salem Witch, when, really, she's neither. Actually, Eva is an old-school Unitarian with transcendentalist tendencies. She quotes scripture in the same breath as she quotes Emerson and Thoreau. Yet in recent years, Eva has spoken only in clichés, as if use of the tired metaphor can somehow remove her from the inevitable outcomes she is paid to predict. For 35 years of her life, Eva has run a ladies' tea room and franchised successful etiquette classes to the wealthy children of Boston's North Shore. But what Eva will be remembered for is her uncanny ability to read lace. People come from all over the world to be read by Eva.